got a nice background today. I don't know. It's like, it's like Christmas already. Yeah. Christmas, what was Christmas? Christmas was when Jesus came the first time. Only a few people saw it. Only a few people witnessed it. But when Jesus comes again, he says that every eye will see it. I know that. Every eye. How will that happen? In Matthew, he says it's be like lightning coming from the east. It's going to be something that somehow, supernaturally, everyone will certainly know about, but everyone will see it as well. And we are getting towards the day, we're, we're closing in on the time when he will come again. We live in the time where we're seeing the signs. You know, in the 1980s in, in particular, there was a big movement speaking about the end times and putting a lot of predictions actually on when it would happen. Some people even wrote books, well-known ministers, if it doesn't happen by 1989, then I've been wrong about everything, of course, we're still here. So we're accelerating towards that day. Listen, I want you to hear me. And I want you to knock yourself. Nice idea, sir. Listen, we are getting towards that day. The signs are telling us. You know when you drive into the zoo or somewhere, you see one sign, it's quite a while to see another sign. And as you get closer and closer, the, the signs get more pronounced. And all of a sudden, you're there. They're getting more pronounced. They're getting more pronounced. And it's not just that bad things are happening in the world, not just scary things are happening in the world, like volcanoes and pandemics and all of these kind of things. Or even not being able to get enough petrol, maybe freak, who got freaked out by that this morning? It's not just those things, it's the specific things that Jesus talked about and other prophets in the Bible as well. They warned us, Jesus said, that for us we'd see the signs and be prepared. But for the world, when Jesus eventually comes, it would be like a thief in the night coming unexpectedly. There's a different reaction. The same events are happening, but there's a different reaction depending on your knowledge of the Word of God, how close you are to the Lord. Just like Noah and the flood, Noah warned of that. Noah saw it coming. The destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, Jesus saw that coming. These are two big events predicted by prophets in the Bible that no one would have seen coming. But the second coming is far more than that. It's going to be global. It's not just going to be local. It's going to be global. And God wants us to know. God wants us to be ready. He wants us to be expectant for what's coming. So today I want to read our main scripture. It's going to be on the screen behind me. The return of Jesus. Luke chapter 21. I'm going to read from verse 25. And this opening section where it says there will be signs, this is specifically about when Jesus is actually coming to the earth again. There will be signs in the sun, moon and stars, and on the earth, distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the seas and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out and leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things, he says this twice, 
When you see these things, things he's already spoken about in this passage, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. That's Luke chapter 21. But Jesus says it's going to be many things. This is the, the end of a long discourse, a long message that Jesus gave about what would uh, the second one would be like and what the events would be leading up to then. He'd already spoken about there's going to be worldwide wars, there's going to be worldwide persecution of Christians, there's going to be food shortages and famines, there's going to be fear, there's going to be uh, people betraying one another, there's going to be uh, apostate Christianity, people teaching doctrines of devils in the last day rather than the, the doctrine of the truth. And listen, those signs have already begun to take place. That has been the experience, not of just recent days, but of the past 2,000 years. See, in this section of scripture, Jesus spoke of one great sign, a sign that once this happens, you know that the rest of the things are gonna happen as well. And that was the destruction of Jerusalem. In fact, this whole conversation took place when the disciples were with Jesus and said, look at this wonderful temple. And Jesus says, not one stone will remain. Nothing that you see here is gonna be the same in a very short amount of time. And 40 years later, so Jesus spoke around AD 33, he gave that, in AD 70, the Romans came to Jerusalem and destroyed it, and one million people died. And that is one of the signs that Jesus said. And listen, how many of you know that once you know, once you've seen one of the signs fulfilled, you can be sure that the rest will be as well. And they include persecution of Christians and so on. But those things are going to accelerate, in particular, towards uh, the, the coming of the Lord. You know, if Jesus fulfilled 300 over 300 Old Testament prophecies when he came the first time, he will definitely fulfill over 500 prophecies regarding the second coming when he comes again. Do you know that? There's no doubt it will happen. And all of these things sound scary, and all these things are scary. They are terrible things that are coming on the earth. But Jesus said that in John 16, 1, I have sent thee all these things to you to keep you from falling away. In other words, you're going to see these things happening. But if I never gave you any framework or understanding of what is actually happening, you would depart your faith. You would give up. But for us, when we hear the bad news, I remember Hannah's uh, mother, and I was talking to her about some of the things that happen in the world. And she said, it's exciting, isn't it? Because that means Jesus is coming soon. And I thought, you know what, I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> because we can get fixated on what's happening in the world. But God says, look up, doesn't he? Get a higher perspective on the things that are going on. Look up. Your redemption is drawing near. When you see these signs, there's all kinds of signs that Jesus spoke of. In the book of Revelation in particular, and in the book of Daniel, we know and other places in the Bible as well, Matthew, 1 Thessalonians, we know that there's going to be a worldwide 
Antichrist kingdom on the earth just before Jesus comes. In fact, even when Jesus comes, there will be a worldwide global system of some kind. It's not necessarily going to be everyone on the whole planet, but it's certainly going to affect everyone on the whole planet. And everyone in the system will have a mark on their body, the mark of the beast. Don't believe me, read Revelation chapter 13 and 14. Everyone, small and great, in this kingdom, this evil antichrist system that's outlawed Christianity, that is religious, that's political, that's military, all at the same time, is going to be in defiance of God. It's going to be empowered literally by Satan himself, deceiving nations. And people will be forced to take a mark on their body. Now, all of these things, we're not there yet. Some people think the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast. This other thing is the mark of the beast. It's only going to be the mark of the beast when the beast himself is here. Did you know that? So all of these things that have taken place, they could be leading up to, okay, they could be leading up to, it's already possible to have a microchip in your hand and to pay for things. So the components of that kind of system, that globalized system, where there's food shortages, famines, pandemics, etc., 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 that is already possible. In fact, we could be very close to it. Do you know that? And that terrifies us, can terrify us, but Jesus said, look up. When you see these things, look up. When you see in the Bible, it's possible that we may escape it, that Jesus may rapture us before them and take us out of here before that happens. Or he may not. It's not 100% clear cut. We know there's going to be Christians on the earth, believers in Jesus, when Jesus comes. But are they the ones, have they been there all the way through a rapture? Or are they the ones who come to faith on the other side of the final three and a half years before Jesus comes? Studying the end times eschatology is not a straightforward science. Everyone's divided on it. But you can know the main things. Amen? The main thing is he's coming soon. We're going to see signs. We're going to see the acceleration of things. And the response is already made clear. Amen? So listen. We're going, to, we're going to live in times where God is seeing Christianity's outward. It's, it's becoming illegal. Even in our nation, you know, certain nations of the world, it's so hard to be Christian already. But the pressure is already coming on us in nations like this. It's already coming on us. Just for believing in traditional marriage and these things, the pressure is on us to, 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 to forsake these things. And to leave Jesus and to leave what he has plainly said to us. But listen, can I tell you, I've told you the bad things. I've told you some of the bad things that are going to happen. Okay. I've told you things that are going to be scary, horrible, probably give you nightmares later on uh, if, if you're not hearing everything that I'm saying. Because there's hope. There's At the end of it, if you endure to the end, if we if we can press through despite persecution, despite the things that are going to be on, upon us, God will show up for us. He's going to show up for us anyway. Amen. Holy Spirit is here. Matthew 24, 14. What's the focus there? He says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole earth as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So we think, oh God, there's not going to be all these horrible things and so on. And there will be. There will be. I'm not I'm going to apologize for that. But listen, more and more people are coming to faith today in, in the world than they ever have done. By the millions. I've been watching Christ for Nations and other ministry 
it's, it's unbelievable the numbers that we are seeing. And uh, we don't always hear about it because in our nation, you know, you see the newspapers and they'll fixate on a, a little Anglican church with two people in and so on. But the reality is, there are millions of people coming to faith at the moment. Millions. In the Muslim world, in the former communist world, in Africa, everywhere. God is bringing in the harvest in these times. God is going to bring in a harvest in our nation. But it might coincide and run parallel to persecution. We might have great revival and great persecution at the same time. In fact, biblically, that's usually the case. <laughs> See the book of Acts. So we need to be ready for that. 2 Peter chapter 3 says, I'm stirring your of your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Saviour through your apostles, knowing first of all that scoffers will come in the last days uh, with scoffing, following their own sinful desires, and they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. The Lord is not slow to his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be? In lives of holiness and godliness, waiting and hastening the coming of the day of God. So that's 2 Peter 3. Jesus is coming back for his bride. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for me. He's coming back for a bride that's already preparing on the earth. Millions of people coming to faith right now. And he's coming back for that. And he's going to come back when it seems the darkest, when it's getting the worst. And he says, since everything is going to perish, since everything's, everything that's material that we have right now, the elements will dissolve like fire. Nothing, nothing will remain the earth. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And that together will be the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus will bring about when he comes again. And we need to be alert. We need to be living lives of holiness now and hastening that day, representing his kingdom now but one day knowing that it will be fully manifested for you. I've spoken a little bit about theories of the second coming. There's going to be different theories of how it's going to be come about, uh, how the mark of the beast will come about, and so on. Elim, our denomination, has a simple statement about the second coming. It doesn't say it's going to be a rapture or not. We simply believe in the personal, physical, visible return of the Lord Jesus Christ to reign in power and glory. It's based on many scriptures in the Bible that say Jesus will come back physically, not in a spiritual sense. Some people think that when uh, Pentecost came, the Spirit was poured out. People say, well, that was the second coming of Jesus. Or when the temple was destroyed in AD 70, people say, well, that was Jesus coming in judgment. Um, but it's very, very clear, especially when you read Acts chapter 1. This is when Jesus is taken up to heaven physically in a cloud after his resurrection. And after he said his final words to them, speaking about the Holy Spirit's come upon them, 
He was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. He was taken up physically on a cloud. He will come down physically on a cloud. He was taken up at the Mount of Olives. He will come down on the Mount of Olives. The book of Zechariah says the feet of God will come down on the Mount of Olives and split the mountain in two. Right. So it's Old and New Testament scriptures pointing to the fact that he's going to physically come here and literally creation itself is going to tremble and shake. In fact, the heavens are going to pass away. Everything's going to go black. It's going to be like the sky rolling up like a scroll. It's everything is just going to go. And everyone on earth will step into eternity at that point. That's where everything's going. People have given up hope of this planet. People are already making plans to go to Mars and all these things. And God has hope for us. He has a plan. He's going to bring a new heaven and a new earth. But we need to join his kingdom now. We need to become citizens of the kingdom of God now so that we can inherit. We need a passport for that time. We need to get ready and we need to get the world ready. It's going to be, it's going to be every nation every tribe and every time. And right now, what are we supposed to do? We need to preach the kingdom of God. We need to not just preach a religion, not just get people into a building, get people into church. That's not the main purpose of what we do. We're here to preach the Great Commission, that the kingdom of God is coming, and that right now we can enter it and enter into eternal life now. So that even when creation itself is done away with, we will be saved with God. We can't predict when it's going to be. Acts 1 says that no one can know the day set by his authority. No one can, should even try to make predictions about when Jesus is going to come back. But we can see the signs. Remember in Luke 21, just to go back to it for a moment, it says when these things begin to take place, straighten up your head because your redemption is drawing in. If you, if you see the signs, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't let your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness because, listen, we need to be focused. We can't, listen, COVID, the whole thing last year, it's, it made the church go to sleep. There's never been a time that every church in the world had to close. It's never happened before. Something is happening in the world. Things have shifted. Things are changing around us. And we can't afford to go to sleep. We can't afford to even stop meeting, I believe. And I'll show you why in a moment. But everything's changed and it's heading somewhere. And if we're not alert to it, if we don't see what Jesus said, if we don't make the connection, that perhaps we really are in the last days, and I believe we are the last of the last days, we could be caught out. We could also fall away. We could also embrace false religion, false beliefs, Many Christian friends I know, they don't even believe in the second coming. They believe in preterism, like I said, that Jesus has already come in the first century. And, 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 these, and what happens is they then mock the idea of the second coming. And that's exactly what the Bible predicted. But just to finish this message, I want to give you some scriptures. Again, there's over 500 scriptures that relate to the second coming, so I can't read them all. But just to 
give you these scriptures to encourage you and maybe go away with later on. To be alert, Matthew 24, 42. Therefore be alert, for you do not know which day the Lord is coming. First Thessalonians 5, 1 through 3. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night, while people are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them. Suddenly, like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. Revelation 1, 7. Behold, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. All the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. We need to be patient as well. This is what we need to learn. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 We need to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. Amen. Philippians 3.20 For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Titus 2.13 Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We need to be holy and sanctified. This is one of the most important things you need to remember today. First Thessalonians 5, 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mark 8, 38. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words against the adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. 2 Peter 3 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. We've read this earlier. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. Some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish. But that all should reach repentance. He's given everyone as much chance as possible, as much time as possible, so that they can hear the gospel. And but we need to do the work of the kingdom. We need to do that work before he comes. Revelation 22, 12, at the very end of the Bible, Jesus says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to render to every man according to what he has done. Matthew 24, 14, like I read earlier, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Matthew 16, 27, For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and will repay every man according to his deeds. And lastly, but not least, we need to keep meeting. Because there's something about the power of meeting, isn't there? Think about this month, what's happened. What God's done in our midst. I don't think any of that would have been possible if we just did it on Zoom. Hebrews 10 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need to keep meeting together. The Bible tells us to do that. Yes, you can do it on Zoom. Yes, you can do it. And of course, we don't want to put people at risk unnecessarily. However, However, there comes a time when you need to do what God says and not what man says. Mm. And there might come a time, and it might be very unpopular, even with our Christian friends, to keep meeting, to keep going. Some people are waiting for COVID just to go away before they come back. 
We might be waiting a long time. We can't succumb to the spirit of fear in these days. We need to rise up in the Holy Spirit. We're called to do what we're called to do, despite everything that the enemy is going to try and throw at us. We need to love people. We need to reach people. We need to be a true example of Christians. And even hold to what the Bible says, even when it becomes increasingly unpopular to believe that. Jesus said, like I've already read, if anyone's ashamed of my words, I'll be ashamed of them. We can't be ashamed of what Jesus has said. We can't. He's coming for us and he will repay us and he will reward us and he'll make it worth it. He'll make it anything we go through for him that is difficult and hard. We did it for him. He will certainly reward you beyond the wildest dream in the kingdom of God. Amen? And this is the main thing about the second coming. And it's the last scripture that I read to you. It's John 14, 3. I go and prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. But where I am, there you may be also. Isn't it?